So welcome to another episode with the Black Women Working Podcast. We are so happy that you are here again today to hear from us. This is one of our founding edition episodes and we are just overjoyed with the guests that we have with us today. But first I'm going to check in with the ladies. How is everyone? Hey Rachel, all good here, Chantal. Yes, it's just me and Shan today. So um, we will be leading this episode and um, just a little bit of housekeeping in regards to us as the podcast. Please make sure you follow us on BWW Podcast UK and that's on Instagram and Twitter. Please feel free to email us at blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com and follow us, uh, email us there. We love hearing from you. We love your comments. Comment on our pictures, like, share, subscribe to us via our media outlets, which are SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Write comments in there, rate us, because we love hearing from you and we love hearing your feedback. Good, bad, negative, we love it all and we always want to hear from you. So... Wait, you sound like a radio host, ma'am. Oh, my God. Oh, that's good. Yes. I'm happy I'm about like one that. Of these, one of these DJs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe I should go into that career. Maybe I should. Um, so today um, we are going to be talking to the lovely Simi Okoya. And I'm just so, 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 so happy to have her on the show because she's literally right up my street. I've looked at all her stuff. I've stalked her on LinkedIn and I'm literally overjoyed to have her here with us today. So hello, Simi, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Rachel and Chantel. Thank you for having me. Oh, lovely. So, guys, I'm just going to get into a little bit about Simi. I'm going to read through this as quick as I can because I'm excited to get into the juicy bits that we've got to share today in our episode. So, for all of you that are listening, Simi has been a career coach for Black women for the past five years. She has helped her current clients increase their salary by 2.9 million, which is crazy. Um, and move from more senior roles to becoming leaders within their industry. She teaches career rebranding strategies designed for women who want to move more into money and more fulfillment in and find more fulfillment within their jobs. Simi has showed women how to use their skills to build their career without getting another degree or, or applying for hundreds of jobs. She has one goal, which is to help to create Hold on. Let me let me read this properly. She has one goal, which is to help you to create a career you are proud of while having an overflowing bank account. Can we like, hey, are you guys hearing this? Like she has one goal and that is to help you create a career that you are proud of while having an overflowing bank account. I just need to understand. Like, I actually have to clap for you because an overflowing bank account. Like who need that? So, oh my God. Could I give more context on that? I think, especially as Black women, I think a lot of times we think we can't have it all when it comes to career. Like it's either we're well paid or it's a job we hate or we love our jobs and it's a job that we like aren't getting much for. So part of the part of the reason why I say have that line is you can have it all. And I really want Black women especially to believe that. Simi, yeah. so, I know we're not even getting into it right now, but just based on what you said, like, I mean, people who need you, people who want you will come to you. But you've just struck a chord with me as someone who was a teacher and thinking about 
like the overrepresentation of black women in careers like nursing, um, which is largely held by the public sector, they can't ask for a pay rise. There isn't a promotion. What what of that group of black women who are doing such important work? Or is it just that, you know, maybe they're not for you right now? You know what? I actually love that question, especially because people that come from a medical background have told me, I love what I do, but I'm not being paid enough. And if you think about it, let's think, I'm just going to give us a practical example. The rise in femtech and medtech, they're actually well-paying industries that also harness that passion of either providing care or the medical field itself. So it's all about, let's, let's call it what it is, going where the money is. And sometimes I feel some people might actually be, because well-paid and fulfilled is relative someone's well-paid is, is not someone else's well-paid. So it's based on you. It's not based on what, what's working for everyone else. It's what's working for you. And when you know what well-paid is to you, you shouldn't have to sacrifice a specific, like a specific stereotype of what, this is what my parents told me to be when I grew up, but this is what I see all my friends doing. It's about charting that new narrative for yourself. Um, so that's that, that just that from that specific example, I'll just like to give that context because there's so many fields where your skills can be transferred to another industry, but uses the same skill set as a foundation and you can be well paid and fulfilled regardless. Hope that answers your I question. Feel like, I, feel like, I feel like you know all about that. Um, <laughs> it kind of cuts into Rach's first question. I'll, I'll just dive straight into it. So as I mentioned earlier, heard that we were having you on the podcast I was like yes this is great and I went over to your LinkedIn and I went to go and stalk and see what's going on over there so I noticed that um you're a career coach now but you graduated with a master's in engineering so I was quite like oh what what happened there how did that switch happen because I also made a switch I graduated in marketing and now I'm doing careers work so I just wanted to know how you kind of Mm -hmm. made that switch and that and you navigated that great question great question so it's always good to kind of share like the background story especially because I am who my current clients are like maybe 10 years ago and it's always good because I've been in that position as well so I did engineering at university and I ended up working in the city after that so I worked in investment banking very cutthroat good job on paper but to be honest I didn't feel well paid and fulfilled in 2017 I actually named the year I was actually denied a raise. And when I was denied the raise, it was weird because I did all the things I was told to do. I had meetings with my manager. I made sure I was on track. I did everything by the book. I was told I was on track. And then I was surprised by, oh, we didn't make that much impact this year. So I was very frustrated and I had a choice, right? I had to either stay for one more year and work hard and try and prove myself or leave. And I decided to leave because I knew that I was worth more than that. It took me four weeks. A lot of people think, wow, that's crazy. I actually applied to less than five jobs. I got to interview stage for almost all of them. And it took me four weeks to get to a new job that doubled my salary. So I thought about that moment. And I was like, wow, if I had stayed, I would just have been at a job that I felt was sucking the life out of me. And I was just like settling. And that was really an eye opener for me. But that wasn't actually what made me become a career coach. So I got to that point and a lot of people asked me for help and I would help them with like their interviewing, how they're applying for jobs, just help them navigate that whole phase. And I 
basically used to go to events, networking events, and I'll tell people where I worked and what I did. And people will say things like, oh, let me see your LinkedIn to prove that it's true. Like people would listen and I'll be with my colleagues who are white male and they will never get that. They'll say the same thing. I work here. I do this. And that would never mm-hmm. happen to them. So I said, hmm, something's not adding up. And I wrote a blog post about it. And I got lots of women say, say the same thing to me. Like they feel like they're in a toxic work environment. They, like the industry is like against them in terms of them earning more, them being in fulfilling roles. And that's when I started Witty Careers. So I went from doing it myself, moving to a higher paying job, being well paid and fulfilled. And I said, I wanted to build a careers community. So I started this careers community and we ran, we ran so many events. It was over like a two or three year period. And it's called Witty Careers. We used to run events to help women basically break into careers they want. We used to focus mostly on tech at that time, but we fit into all industries. So we had about 500 women attend our in-person events. This was pre-COVID. Um, and we were really lucky and we were really fortunate. We were on so many platforms. We were featured in Forbes. Um, we were um, invited to 10 Downing Street. It was a really, really great platform. And we we're doing great work in the UK, especially for Black British women. And then the pandemic came. And you know what that mm. means if you run an in-person, um, in-person workshops? It means you basically have no events like... And everyone was doing everything online, but I felt like if I translate what we did as events back to, like onto a Zoom call, I felt like the impacts would not be felt. So I remember that day. Yeah. Um, let's think about it. I'm sure you remember when um, Boris Johnson announced that, hey, we're going into lockdown. Everyone was confused. No one knew what it meant. And then I decided, mm. OK, I've had career workshops for this long. Surely I can translate that impact into Let's, let's say coaching program, something that is substantial. I could walk like ladies through like a step-by-step process to get what they want. But then imposter case syndrome kicks in, right? So I experienced imposter syndrome as well, because to be honest, it happens to all of us. And it's so funny because what happens to my clients actually happened to me. And I love telling the story as well. Mm. I was like, hmm, okay, that wouldn't work. I was like, hmm, okay, if I do this, one, how would the logistics be like? Will people feel this is valuable? Will people want to pay for it? I said, oh, let me do a book club, right? Let me do a book club. I tried to like play small and do something else. I did the book club and I still felt like I could create more impact. Like this is not what I was meant to be doing. And I Mm. I actually experienced the same thing. Like most people are like, oh my God, I can't ask for more. I can't say what I really want. Like when I'm negotiating my salary, same for me. I was like, hmm, this is my clients. I can't say what I want to charge. I realized the value I was bringing to people. People were increasing their salary by 10K, 20K, 30K, 40K after working with me. And I do have that skill set to help people rebrand and transform their career. So I started my coaching program in 2020 and the rest is history. So since then, I've been doing this in a mixture of formats, obviously from 2017 as workshops. But in 2020, the pandemic propelled me into making it into a coaching program. And here I am today, 2.9 million pounds of salary increases later. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good story, actually. Um, So moving forward, and as now we're moving slowly out of COVID, but we're moving into the cost of living crisis, many Mm -hmm. people are looking at ways to pivot their career. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's where a lot of your clients are coming from, where they're like, okay, I'm in this career now and I want to move on to something else. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, how would you, because we've spoke about pivoting on the podcast before, but what advice would you give to black women to, on how to potentially pivot during this time, especially during cost of living where things are a lot different to COVID, I would say? Yeah, fantastic question. I think the first word that people think of when you say the word pivot, people think, okay, I need, because I want to pivot, I need something else. Okay, I need to go back to university. I need to do another course. I need to do another qualification. And I'm very, I love further education. I love improving yourself, but only if you want to. Lots of women are going into tens of thousands of pounds of debt for degrees they don't even need to get what they want. Like, And it's something I'm, I'm very against that because a lot of times we have skills and experiences that are valuable that can allow yeah. us to move jobs. So I have a client that actually used to work in PR and she moved to tech and a lot of people, a technical role, to be honest. And a lot of people were like, how was that even possible? But she didn't realize before she came to me that she actually had skill sets she already had in terms of the client data she was already using. She became a data analyst after having a job in PR. A lot of people will be like, oh, she didn't go back to uni, study anything like computer science. No, she didn't have to do that because she used the skills she already had. And I think in this this period of um, being in a job where you are not, if your job isn't giving you the lifestyle you want, you can do something about it. Like we are not trees, we can't move. It's all about making like bad decisions to do so. And I, I teach a four-step process that basically shows you how to walk through the entire like career pivot process so it starts off with your position in the job market it starts off with your packaging how you're presenting yourself in the application stage because a lot of people are applying to hundreds of jobs thinking Mm -hmm. that's what's going to get them like a new opportunity and it just it kind of cripples you because you're almost like you have like ptsd application ptsd when you see your gmail you're like oh my god if he's from this company you get really scared but it really that's not really strategic because you actually should apply to less jobs and apply to jobs you actually want, not jobs you are like, okay, hopefully you'll like almost spray and pray. Have you heard of that? Spray and pray? Like you spray your CV everywhere and hope pray that somebody gets Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 that's what that's that's one of the phases like I teach, teaching you how to package yourself, use the skills and experience you have. And then in the interview phase, that's where a lot of people get tripped up. They feel like, okay. I've been invited to the interview and then they literally use it as an opportunity to like read off their experience instead of thinking about the company and positioning themselves as the person that can actually solve the company's problem. And then um, finally, if we think about that whole application, finding the job, applying, interviewing, the negotiation phase. So most times when people get the offer, which is key in the cost of living crisis, people do not negotiate. And it's honestly... It's, it makes me feel really sad because all your white male counterparts are negotiating. In fact, the recruiter is expecting you to negotiate. So when you don't negotiate, you're leaving money off the table. And to be honest, we are sponsoring the gender pay gap when we do that. We're literally mm-hmm. encouraging it because everyone else is like, we have to help ourselves. And moving jobs is the most crucial time where you can potentially like exponentially increase your salary. So you need to take advantage of that. So that's how I think the cost, this cost of living crisis is the best time to earn more. Mm. Definitely. It's really important. I about just throw, throw in my question here, yes. Rach, because mm-hmm. um, picking up on that point of you have to help yourself and, um, you know, turning things around. As a coach myself and knowing, like, the coaching landscape, um, I would say, at least 
widely being forecast, this whole idea of high ticket pricing and such. How easy as a founder, because there'll be people who are starting out there listening mm-hmm. and trying to grow their business. Mm-hmm. How easy is it to convert or what is it that you think are the magic touches to make women invest in themselves? That whole idea of I don't have enough and, you know, Natalie has alluded to it in other episodes where we speak about self-care and affording nice clothes but not the cleaner sort of thing. Like, how is it that you convince women that this is something that they should be putting money into to turn around? Mm, Great question. Okay, first thing is I don't convince anyone. My clients all make empowered decisions to invest in themselves. I'm not not in the business of convincing anyone because at at the end of the day, if you invest in a process, it's you, you You are doing the work. I'm providing you the strategy and the frameworks, but ultimately you are doing the work to get your results. I'm sure as a coach yourself, you know that you are not, it's not a magic pill, right? So that's, I think, the first thing to say. But also on your question on high ticket pricing, a lot of times the skills that we've, um, and experiences we have as coaches and getting people results over time, it does have a price tag. And it's worthy of high value and high compensation. Same way, everyone that's listening right now, your skills are worthy of high value and compensation when you go to an employer. So it's the same dynamic of an employer, employee, or client and service provider. Um, I don't convince anyone, but what I, one thing I do, and maybe any aspiring business owners here is, when you talk about the value and transformation that your service is providing, Anyone that is ready to buy, a ready to buy client, ready to invest clients, and someone that's seeking that transformation is going to invest in your offer. When they see you have, I always say this, like and I always recommend, if you can if you want to get buy something, always look at reviews, always look at re- LinkedIn recommendations, always go to find out who has this person helped before. Like you can't charge high tickets if you have never helped anyone get the results. I don't believe it. That's not ethical because you actually have never been involved in the transformation or helping people get results. So please, if you're investing in in something, always check their reviews, recommendations on LinkedIn, testimonials. People that are able to provide you transformation will have receipts. They'll have proof. So to summarize the answer to your question, first things first is invest in yourself because you want a transformation. Um, High ticket pricing comes with proven results and a proven strategy and then I think maybe finally last thing I want to end on is a great example of nice clues we're not being able to afford a cleaner is sometimes I think everyone has to come to a point in their life where you're like can I afford to still be in this situation I'm in and you think about when you think about it can I afford to be in this situation what is cost what is more expensive right now me staying and spending four more years at a job that's never going to allow me to get on the property ladder or me working with someone that can help me do that. Like you need to save yourself time, stress, and just energy sometimes. And if you know that you need guidance to get something done, I think it's a worthwhile investment. Like no one will have to tell you, you will feel when it's the right time. No one will have to tell you or convince you. It won't be a fancy sales page or a lovely video. It will be because you believe that this person, and, and after talking to this person, you will believe that this person can help me. Right. So anyone listening, I hope that's helpful. <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. My next question um, specifically looks at the fact that 
um, and you've touched on it quite a bit, that you are able to um, increase women's salaries. So, um, and I know Shan touched on it a bit earlier. There are specific industries where they may feel like the salary increase isn't possible. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you advise women, especially if this is like a thought in their mind, as you said, you know, they want to get onto the property ladder. They want to potentially start another business alongside mm-hmm. working full time, but they're unsure of how they're going to navigate and move within the working world to actually put themselves in a position where they can increase their salary. Because I know you mentioned, you know, asking for that salary increase. And some people, I know for me, I'd be a bit, mm, I'm a bit scared to actually ask. She's asked me is, 60k salary okay and I'm thinking yeah this is lovely but actually I might be worth more and I might be looking for 80k or 70k so how would women go about doing that especially black women um that would be really interesting to know that's great so the first question um if, I, if I'm just to summarize what you said the first question is about navigating sorry it was a bit long so sorry and the second question is about um when you're how do you ask for a salary increase how do you navigate that Okay, let's talk about the industry piece first, because this is really exciting. Um, so a lot of times I have lots of women that they, they want, they're not actually ready to make the move yet, but they want to understand what they need to consider. So that's that's one camp. Mm-hmm. And there's another camp of people that are actively looking. So so the reason why um understanding or having visibility of what industries can pay well, we have to have to be fair. There's some industries that pay better than others. But what's important to know is how you can leverage your skill set. And that's what's not taught in schools. No one's teaching how to leverage the skill set you already have. No one's showing you how to apply the skills you have to a different industry, to move to a different industry, move to a more senior role, maybe become a manager. No one is showing you how to talk about your experience in such a way that commands, like, not just respect, but like compensation and the fact that you are a problem solver and like you're needed by the organization. That's what coaching and that's what like my career coaching program helps teach you. It helps you navigate and helps you build your confidence as well, not just with encouraging pep talks. I'm not just about that. It's about actually having the strategies, scripts about knowing what to say, coaching to help understand the reason why you think the way you do. Because sometimes we have some unwritten rules we have in our heads. So let's just give an example. You mentioned that, let's say you're speaking to someone and they say, this is the salary that's available. And when they say it's your, like sometimes you can be tempted to say, Yes, that's okay for me. The thing is, a lot of times we have never considered either A, walking away and finding something else because that serves us better, or B, mm-hmm. actually negotiating and talking about the fact that based on the years of experience you have and based on the value you have provided to other companies, you are looking for a salary that is going to pay you X. And the fear of saying that sometimes stops people because a lot of times recruiters can actually go back to tell the hiring manager, Oh, the candidate has not asked for X. Is their budget? Because the first offer is never the best offer. They're never going to yeah. smart their company. It's like as a business owner, you're always going to try and get things cheaper. Like companies yeah. and organizations are the same. So anytime we don't negotiate, and there's sometimes sometimes negotiations don't work out. That's okay. But you need to try because there are times mm-hmm. that one, it's going to work out. And two, you need to get used to advocating for yourself. Yeah. We as in, as black women especially, well, like if you think about all the other groups, we are significantly paid less than everyone else. But we have the most degrees. Mm. 
Let's we talk about most, that one. We have the most degrees. We spend so much. And it's great. I love the fact that we always want to better ourselves. But we need to get that money. Like, that money, those years of experience investing in yourself, it needs to correlate to your salary. Like, you need to be able to see it. Yeah, you need to be able to see it. Like, we can let's let's talk about two cabs as well. So we have bank of mom and dad, and then some of like and some people that are on two their loans. Let's think about those two camps. If you look at your salary, can you how how long will it take you realistically to pay back your pay back your like your loan, your parents, whoever paid for university? Sometimes you actually need to think about that and think about wow, I need to earn more. Obviously, I'm not going to be able yeah. to work it out all at once. But let's think about how much I've invested in my in myself. I've invested, if you've got, like, even if you haven't even gone into higher education, let's say you're an apprenticeship, whatever, think about all the years you invested in your crafts. You need to be able to, you need to be able to see that. You need to be able to yeah. have an emergency fund. You need to be able to handle emergencies. You need to be able to take care of your family. If the breadwinner in your family, for example, is no longer able to provide, what happens? Those are the situations that I feel as women, that, that's even, sometimes money is not just about the money, it's what you can do with the money, because money really empowers you. And not just that, being know, knowing that the company that you're working for actually values you is, is, is always, it's always, it's never bad. It's always a good thing. Mm. It's always a good thing. Oh, lovely. I just have one last question um, for myself. Um, and it, a lot of my clients that I've worked with are really oblivious to the power of LinkedIn and what LinkedIn can do for them, um, you know, moving forward in their career, actually networking. Um, what would you say, do you have any tips in regards to LinkedIn? What would you say are the benefits of having a LinkedIn profile that is up to date and your CV is attached and your qualifications are attached? Fantastic question. LinkedIn is honestly a game changer. It's a game changer for me as a business owner. It's a game changer for professionals. It's a game changer for anybody who wants to speak to a professional audience. And that could be their peers, that could be other companies, that could be organizations. Um, LinkedIn is key. And I think we have basically used LinkedIn based on, a lot of people use LinkedIn based on how they see other people use it. And I think when you're looking for a new job specifically, there's some habits that I actually teach a lot of my clients to unlearn. So a lot of times we chain ourselves to job titles, but we forget the value we bring to companies. So the only way, when someone asks what you do, you're actually never able to talk about what you do and the value you provide. You just say, oh, I'm an administrative assistant. I'm a product manager. I'm a, you just basically say what the title is. The job title, yeah. The job title is. I'm a legal associate. I'm an engineer. You just say the job title. And when you're not able to articulate one, the skills, right? The skills and the competencies that, for example, when you look at a job description, there are keywords on the job description. Mm. When a recruiter is looking for a person that has those skills, they're not just typing the job title. They're looking for certain skills. And when those skills don't appear on your LinkedIn, you're basically shutting yourself out to loads of opportunities. And, and and this is such a, it's so interesting because during when the people are on my program, I actually spend a week, like I literally go through your LinkedIn, like line by line. And I literally change everything. Like you need to adjust this. Have you considered doing this? And there's so much revelation about, oh, wow, I've never known why I was doing this. I just did it because I saw everyone else do it. But when you want to position mm. yourself properly, 
recruiters and hiring managers without even telling they're standing and looking out for certain things. And when you are more than qualified to do the job, it's not just about your degrees. It's really not. Yeah. I have, as you said, we've spoken about pivoting a lot today. And people sometimes have zero background, but they spend their career harnessing certain skill sets, which are very direct, like directly like related to the new jobs they want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So summary is being able to articulate your value. And that's that's really where LinkedIn comes in handy. I've had clients that never, they didn't even apply to jobs. The jobs came to them after we changed their LinkedIn. Like the recruiter will reach out to you and invite you to the interview and say, great, we'd love to schedule an interview. Can you just send your CV so we can have a read through? And then this interview is scheduled. They didn't apply to mm. the jobs. The jobs came to them. That's the power of LinkedIn. Lovely. Shan, I know you had something to ask. Yeah, no, no. I'm just fascinated by mm. the, obviously the, You've just shown that we know this already as business owners, but there's just so many layers to the things that we know. You know, mm-hmm. you're not only talking through your ability and skill set of, of being a coach, but it's that level of marketing and insight and mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. how, you know, audience and beyond work. So I'm fascinated. Um, but we are coming to the end of our of our conversation. And I feel like this question sits better with the previous one. Um, So every time we have hosted a founder's edition so far this year, the founder ends with a question for the next. Bear that in mind. Um, And the last founder we spoke to was Dami St. Clair of St. Clair's Hair. Um, And Dami has a real strong hold over passion. This is quite interesting because the previous question we were speaking about money and negotiating our salaries and such. Anyway, Dami's question was, you know, how aligned or when do you, how much do you focus on pursuing purpose rather than making money? This is a fantastic question. Mm. I love this. Okay. So actually I did a talk a few weeks ago during um, international um, Women's Month, so Women's History Month, but International Women's Day obviously falls on that month. And one of my goals is to help 10,000 women in my lifetime, like personally, like impact change. And it's always been something that I've, I've wanted to achieve. And I never knew, obviously, growing up, I just always, I was always known as that kind of person that in class, I would get in trouble for like teaching my classmates. I was that kind of, I was that kind of young person growing up. I always wanted to see everyone be great. This experience mm. of obviously me being low-balled at work really um, transformed the way I thought about one, being like audacious about your goals, but helping everyone else be audacious as well. I'm one of those people that um, helping Black women make money is my favorite sport. I always say that. I always like say that comment jokingly but I always like seeing black women being successful you know like sometimes I don't know if you've ever experienced this but sometimes you can be like going out and then you just see somebody and they're just looking so like content and I'm just like wow good for you that that's that's like that's just my everything it's like my kryptonite I just love seeing women be successful and be happy within their own I mean our listeners cannot see you but I hope that they can hear how Mm -hmm. animated and 
You are yes, right now. Yes, honestly, it makes me so happy. I just, I love seeing Black women in their prime. And my way of obviously supporting them in that is through like my gifts, which is being a career yeah. coach. So it's not really about, it's not really about um, me making money in my business because that's, that's like a byproduct. It's actually helping my clients transform their lives. And even just like, because them telling me little anecdotes and like messaging me and say, oh my gosh, this, this situation also happened. And I actually, even though this wasn't directly relevant, just from your coaching, I remembered like, what would Simi say? And just little things. It just makes me so happy when I see women fulfilling purpose and just like, just bossing it at life. Honestly, I think that's just, that's, mm-hmm. I just love it. I just love it. I just love seeing women just being their full potential. And even if it's not careers, if it's something else in whatever hobby they have, whatever passion they have, if you're excellent at it, like amazing, like amazing. Do you know who I also love? I love, so, so I'm a mom and I love seeing um, really like, really, really like, how do I say this? There's some moms that are just so like, they have like, maybe like a routine, the way they structure their day or like maybe they have like, they're so organized the way they label things. And I'm just like, that is such a gift. And I just look at them and I'm like, wow. That little, literally, little things like that fascinates me. But it's just everyone operating at their prime. And obviously, sometimes it's a journey that they're always high. You're not always in a high in life. Sometimes you're in a low. But seeing people like rise and just navigate like just the the ebbs and flow of whatever season they're in, just that's it for me. Honestly, I hope I've uh, answered your question, but. I mean, we we can't question what you're here for. The question was, is it about purpose or the money? And the time you showed us, that that answer is a living version of I'm walking in in my purpose, if you ask me. It is, but I also want other people to work in their purpose too. And and that's what Mm. is the ultimate goal. It's not just about me working my purpose, but everyone that I can interact with, if they feel they are one step closer to working in their purpose because we had a conversation then like my job here is done even just by listening yeah. to this podcast if you feel one step closer if you feel encouraged then thanks for listening <laughs> um. <laughs> well we're almost there not, not quite not quite um so I said the, the founders that attend or um sit with us they have an opportunity to ask the next founder a question what would that question be for you Oh, this is a tough one. Let me have a think. I put you on the spot. No, it's okay. I know. Yeah, we did. No worries. I, I, I have one. I will say, what would you say to your younger self about starting a business? What advice would you give to your younger self? Nice. And not a question okay. we've had. Beautiful question. Thank you. So, Rach. We are so, um, yes, we are at the end. Unfortunately, we'd love to stay here and get more tips from Simi. But I'm sure the listeners would like to find out more about you, what you're doing, where they can get hold of you if they want to have a chat with you. So, Simi, please uh, let us know where the listeners can find you and where we can look you up. Awesome. So where I'm always hanging out is LinkedIn. So you can follow me on LinkedIn, Simi Awokoya. I post every day or every other day. You can follow my posts. You can reach out to me and ask me a question or find out about working with me. I also have 
my, and I'm not just saying this, my email list called Well-Paid and Fulfilled. I said Well-Paid and Fulfilled a lot today, but my email list called Well-Paid and Fulfilled because I really, really love helping Black women um, become more well-paid and fulfilled in their careers, but basically do it on their own terms. So every week I send emails, helpful resources to my email list as well. So that's coach, coach-simi.com forward slash email. Lovely. So yes, so listeners, make sure you go and have a look at Simi because she's sharing so many good tips that can actually increase your income and not only just that, but increase your career, make you feel a lot more fulfilled within that. So listeners, please make sure you go and do that. And in regards to us as a podcast, guys, as I spoke about earlier in the beginning, please Tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast, but particularly this episode because it's one of our founding episodes and we've got the lovely Simi here with us. So tell them. I listened to a great episode with Simi, so make sure you tell your friends and family about that. And remember to follow us. Use our hashtag BWWPodcastUK on Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to email us, BlackWomenWorkingUK at gmail.com. So... For today, it's goodbye, and we're just so happy to have Simi with us today. So, Simi, thank, thank you, you so me. much. For, yes, thank you. And thank you, Shan, for joining me today for this founding episode. No worries, girl. Ciao. Thank you.